late, but let's go ahead and take our Bible and just let me share something with you for just a few moments. We came to church because we wanted to get blessed and encouraged, and I've already been encouraged. I've already been blessed, but let me just share something with you from the book of 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 3. As we think about all of these testimonies and we think about what God has done in our lives, boy, I'll tell you what, it's uh, all a result of a, a basically a statement that we need to make to God or that we've made to God in the past. And We see this statement here in the book of Samuel, and notice what it says in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3, Samuel, of course, is the son of Hannah and the son of Elkanah, and uh, of course, he finds himself in the house of Eli the priest. 
Notice what goes on here as we, we note the passage here in 1 Samuel chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at the time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. That the Lord called Samuel and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest to me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be. If he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. In those days, God had been quiet. Samuel now lays down to sleep, and he's convinced that Eli has called him. He goes on, this goes on a number of times before finally Eli understands that it's got to be God. There's something more to this. It's not just simply a young man uh, hearing something out of the uh, ordinary, just some kind of noise in the temple, whatever it may have been. No, this is literally, he must be hearing a voice and that voice is none other than God's. And so he gives him some advice and he says to him, listen now, when you hear that voice again, when you hear your name called out again, I want, to, I want to tell you, you say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And that's exactly what Samuel did when he heard the voice again. He said, speak, for thy servant heareth. Samuel was obedient and willing to hear from God. He was willing to humble himself and listen. And you know, that's the same attitude that you and I as believers need to exhibit in our lives. And it is the same exact attitude that I believe many, if not everyone, in the services this past week exhibited. We came to this service, we looked to God, we wanted God to speak, we wanted Him to do something in our heart and in our life, and we said, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And that is the reason why there are testimonies tonight. And that's why the reason why our lives may be changed forever. And I say maybe because really it's one thing to make the decision here. It's another thing to step off and go continuing in the right direction and not allow that decision to be continually, excuse me, to be consumed with activity and go right back into the same old rut we've gone, that we came out of. So we have this attitude and we see this obedience by Samuel, a willingness to hear God, a humbleness toward God, and a willingness to listen to God and hear Him and obey Him. Boy, I'll tell you what, that's what I believe we saw this past week in so many lives. Again, I, I just want to take just a moment and examine 
Samuel's statement. And I believe in that statement that we're going to see that we can benefit from these three words. I want to note three things about it. Three simple things from that statement. Number one, I want to note the request. The request. Speak. He says, speak. Boy, Samuel said, speak. Lord, I want to hear from you. You speak. And um, you and I need to be equally as quick about wanting to hear the word of the Lord, wanting to hear from God. You know, it ought to be a request that's made out of desperation. I think about the Psalm, chapter 143, verse 6. He says, I stretch forth my hands unto thee, my soul thirsteth after thee as a thirsty land. The psalmist is saying, listen, I'm thirsting, I'm longing to hear your voice. I want to hear from you, God. And that's what I believe we heard this week. I think there was a people that said, speak, Lord. I want you to speak, Lord. And you've got to, it ought to be a request made out of desperation. We ought to recognize our need in life. We ought to recognize our deadness of spirit. We need to recognize that there are people dying and going to hell. And when we recognize those things in desperation, we cry out to him and say, listen, I have a great need. Listen, God, I'm hurting. Listen, God, I need help. Look around me, Lord. There's people dying and going to hell. Oh, God, oh, God, speak. And I believe that there were folks that said just that this week. You know, it ought to be a request made out of delight as well. Look, if you would, in Psalm chapter 63, verse 1. Yes, uh, uh, the request, we note it, but it ought to be a request made out of desperation in our lives. And not just during a revival meeting, and not just during a week of the year, but every day of our life. There ought to be a desperation to hear the voice of God. But it also ought to be a request made out of delight. Look in Psalm chapter 63, verse 1. It says a psalm of David. When he was in the wilderness of Judah, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. This, thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy, my, thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee, thy right hand upholdeth me. Well, I'll tell you what, the psalmist here is crying out to God, and he's wanting to hear from God, and he wants to have an interaction and a relationship with God because of the, the wonderful things that God has done in his life and how God has met his needs. And I'm going to say, we ought to say, speak, Lord, on a regular basis, not just out of desperation because of the need of our heart, not just out of desperation for the need of others. We ought to speak unto the Lord, say, speak, Lord, thy servant that's listening. I need to hear your voice. I just want to hear it. It's so wonderful. It's so good. And you're so good to me. Man, I mean to tell you, we ought to say speak because it is a delightful thing to hear from God. To recognize what he's done for us and just to The humbleness. I mean, think about how humble. Have you ever heard the voice of God? And I know people think we're nuts. We're out of our mind. They'll say, oh my, talking about hearing God's voice. Oh, you're hearing voices. That's a scary thing. Get him in a rubber room. Do something. 
But boy, I tell you what, when the Holy Spirit of God speaks that still small voice and like thunder it rumbles through your heart and soul, I'll tell you what, there's nothing more humbling in this world than to know that God spoke to you. What a wonderful thing it is to know. Not only should that request be made of desperation, made of delight, but also it should be made out of desire again. Again, we ought to want it so bad. You ought to want to hear God's voice on a regular basis. I ought to want to hear his voice on a regular basis. I love them that love me and those that seek me early shall find me. Man, there ought to be a desire in our heart to say, I want to find him. I want to hear him. I want to be in his presence. I want God to be real in my life. We note the requests speak. Boy, Samuel doesn't have a clue what's going on. But boy, when Eli says, now listen, son, uh, you just go back. And the next time you hear that voice calling your name, you just say, speak, Lord. I can only imagine what Samuel thought as he walked out of the room. I can only imagine him thinking, speak, Lord. You mean to tell me that's God talking to me? I'm listening to the voice of God himself, my creator. And when he heard that voice again, I don't know. I think I'd have been a little nervous, wouldn't you? I'd have been like, Speak, Lord, for that servant here. I'd have been scared, I think, a little bit. I'd have been a little nervous. But I'll tell you one thing. When we get to hearing the voice of God and we get to know who God is and how he's met met our needs in our lives, man, there ought to be an element of desire. Man, Lord, speak to me. Oh, God, let me hear your voice. Oh, God, don't let this service end without me hearing you. And I believe there were folks in this room that thought, said to themselves, speak. And boy, that ought to be how it is every week. That's how it ought to be every day. Every time we get in the word, every time we meet with God, speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Number two, we note the reverence here. Speak, Lord. In, in this case, speak. He says, for thy servant. For thy servant. You know, Samuel's obviously a very humble young man. And again, I mean, what his age is exactly, 100%. They've got some ideas, but I don't know, give or take a few years here or there. But he's obviously a very humble young man. He identifies himself as the Lord's servant. Now, there's not too many people that like to be called a servant. Most of us today, we want to be the man. We want to be the woman. We want to be the one in charge. We want to be the one telling other people what to do. We don't want people telling us what to do. And I certainly ain't going to be under somebody's foot. I'm certainly not going to be serving anybody. I'm not going to... Yeah, okay. Samuel's obviously a very humble person. In the book of Proverbs chapter 29, verse 23, the Bible says, A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Boy, God places a real premium on humility. A real premium on it. Now we in the culture in which we live, if we're not careful, we almost love to hear these people that, I, I mean, they're talking about certain fellows that are going to be in the NFL, dra- in the NFL draft this coming, uh, the, in the next month or so. And, and they're, they're talking about their swag and they're talking about their confidence. They're talking about their, and, and you know, this guy's he, he's all about, he's great. He's all about, he can do this. He's going to go to his team and he's going to lead him to a championship and all. And boy, those NFL Coaches and those owners love hearing that because they want somebody with a chip on their shoulder. They want somebody that's got confidence. They want somebody that's acting a little arrogant and a little prideful. It takes that kind of person to lead an NFL team to the championship. 
Whatever happened to humility? I think that's why, and again, I'm not an Eagles fan. But I kind of like that Carson Wentz guy. He's a Christian. And he's a verbal. He's an outspoken Christian. I don't know what his brand of Christianity is, but I know he's a Christian like we're Christians at least. I don't know what he practices every Sunday as far as what kind of church he attends, but I know that he's the kind that turns around in the locker room and gave an invitation to his players and tried to lead them to Christ. All I know is he's a humble young man and he doesn't think he is all that. He just thinks he's the one God put in that position to do the job he's doing and not just quarterback a team, but lead them to the throne. I like that humble attitude. I like that spirit. I believe that honors God. And I believe that that's what God's looking for because he places a real premium on humility. And in James chapter 4 verse 10, the Bible says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Unfortunately, we are very good about wanting to lift ourselves up today. But the fact is, is we ought to get lower before the throne of grace and then allow God to lift us up in his due time. And I'll tell you what, old Samuel, he just simply said, speak, Lord, for thy servant. He said, I'm a nobody. I'll just do whatever you say. I'm just simply here on your behalf. It's up to you, God. Use me. Abuse me. Whatever you want to do, I'm your servant. And that's what it takes if we're going to see God do great things in our lives. Speak, Lord, for thy servant. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse Five and six, excuse me. It says, likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. We like that one, don't we? You young people. You submit yourself to your elders. You do what you're told. You serve your elders. Amen, preacher. Preach it, brother. We like that preaching. But wait a second, it didn't stop there. It says, yea, all of you be subject All of you be subject. All of you be subject one to another. Wow. And be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. See, we note the need to be in subjection to the elder. The younger serving, the younger submitting to the elder. We note the need here to be subject to others. Isn't it funny we're to esteem others above ourselves, better than ourselves? That's what the Bible teaches in Philippians. And then we see the need to be subject to the Lord. Well, I'll tell you what, we don't like to be subject to people. We don't want to be subject to their positions or their their ideas. We don't want to be subject to their authority. We don't want that today. But I'm telling you something, if you're going to get anything from God, there comes a point in our life where not only do we say, speak, not only do we say, God, I want to hear. Not only do we say, God, if I don't hear your voice, I'm never going to find that peace that I need, that power that I need, that purpose that I seek. No, I need to hear from you, God. But we have to be willing to go and say, I'm listening to you because I'm just your servant. I want you to know where I stand with you, God. You speak to me, but I'm not telling you what to do. I'm begging you, and I'm asking you. I'm begging you, and I'm asking you because I'm just a nobody. I'm just your servant. You owe me nothing, God. We note the request, speak. We note the reverence for thy servant. And finally, we note the response. He says, speak for thy servant 
heareth. Heareth. Samuel was interested in hearing from God. Not just hearing in the sense of listening. Boy, we, we live in a day kind of like those over there in chapter 17 of the book of Acts that just every time they turn around, they're trying to learn something new in Athens. The Athenians wanted to hear something new. Man, you're talking about a resurrected Savior? We'd love to hear more about that because we want to amass our knowledge. We want to understand the things of the world. We want to get every perspective we can possibly get. We're going to weigh this and weigh that and and we're going to balance this and balance that. We just want to know everything we can know. The problem isn't about what we know, it's about what we apply. Do you know that wisdom is the proper application of knowledge? The truth is that every believer in the room today has enough knowledge to turn the world upside down. The problem is that in most cases, we're not implying what we already know. And you know what? When we come to God, we got to come to God honestly. Yes, we come to God humbly. We come to God and say, speak. And we say, I'm just a servant. I just want to hear your voice. I just want you to speak to my heart. But when we do that, we ought to say, for thy servant heareth. I'm not just asking you to talk to me, and I'm not just asking you to confirm that I'm your child. I'm not just asking you to prove to me that that you're still in heaven. I'm coming to you because I want to apply your truths. I'm listening for the purpose of applying your truths. And that's how Samuel did it. And that's how I believe many of you did it this past week. I trust that that will be the case as we go forward. And if you don't have a game plan to to solidify your decision and to ultimately maintain it and and to keep it going in the right direction. You need to sit down at some point tonight or even this week and draw it out and say, here's my decision and here's what I'm going to do about it. This is how I'm going to apply what God spoke to me about. I'm going to literally make it practical. It's got to be practical. I'm, I, I know I need to be in the Word of God. God spoke to my heart, man. He really nailed it. Okay. So what are you going to do about it? I'm going to get in the Word. Oh, really? Do you got a game plan? Because if you don't, it'll go by the wayside in the next three days. I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just saying, you've got to say to God, thy servant heareth. And, and I mean, when I say hear, Lord, I'm going to apply that truth. I'm not just talking about listening. I'm talking about applying. See, a wise man or woman hears God and obeys. And here's the reason why. One, they recognize the authority of God. They realize when God speaks, we have an obligation not just to hear, but to obey. It's he is the authority. Not only that, but they remember the ability of God. We, we come to a place as wise men and women that have been experiencing God in our lives through the years. We recognize what he's done in the past. We see all the miracles he's performed in our own lives, in the lives of our family. We've seen how he's, he's, he's kind of made his presence felt and known in, in, in our circle of influence. And we say to ourselves, man, listen... God has the authority, yes. But I also know God has the ability. And I know what God has done in the past. I want to not just hear what he has to say. I want to apply what he says. Because it always turns out better for me and everybody when I obey him. And finally, they realize the advantage of obeying God. Just like we said in that last statement, it always turns out better when we obey. Now, let's be honest. How many of us have ever made decisions at an altar, at a revival service in the past? Probably every hand would go up. 
How many made a decision at a seat during a revival meeting or during a special preaching service at some point in your life? Every hand would probably go up at some point. Where's that decision today? Now listen, the only way that that decision that you made this past week is going to still be a part of your life next week, next month, next year is if you have a game plan. You have a way of applying that truth. I'm going to literally get up 15 minutes earlier every day and get in my Bible. I'm going to stay up 15 minutes later, or I'm going to shut this show off, or I'm going to turn, get off the internet just a little earlier, or I'm going to make sure at lunchtime I'm in the Word of God. Whatever your, whatever your application is, you've got to apply the truth. Not just hearing it, but applying it. When Samuel said, speak, Lord, for thy servant, hear it. I'm going to tell you right now, he had all intentions of doing exactly what God said. And I believe with all my heart that every decision that was made was made with every intention to do what God said. But now you need to take steps to get that done. May God help us as we move forward now, and we're going to close, but may God help us as a people to, when making those decisions this week that we don't let them just get buried underneath our daily routine and lives again. That we kind of allow... The, the tides of activity and the tides of stress and the tides of work and family and responsibility to simply come crashing down on us and wash our decision away. Let's build a few monuments in the sea. Let's stack a few stones on the seashore and build that monument and say, there's the decision I made and there's what I'm going to do to keep it going and it's sturdy enough, and it's strong enough, and it's in stone enough that no matter what comes my way, I can define what I'm going to do to fulfill the decision God made. It's in stone. You've got to get in writing. You've got to solidify it, or you'll never keep it. It's interesting what God did in the heart of men and women in this word. You want to know how you know about it? You want to know how it's been preserved? Through the word. It's been written. Your decision needs to be written. What decision I make, I'm writing it out. I'm putting it on a piece of paper. I'm putting it in the computer, wherever it is. The decision I made, 2018 at the revival meeting, Brother Moon preaching, boom. Write it out, spell it out, so that you can go back and review it on a regular basis. And then, right below it, put... Now, what steps am I going to take to keep my decision, to make good on my decision? One, two, three. Lay it out for yourself. It'll change your future. Let's work on it. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Wow. Father, we come to you. We thank you again just for the short time that we had in your word and thank you for those testimonies and Lord, just for the opportunity that we had, Lord, just to hear the heart of some people in our church, Lord, to have the privilege of, Lord, getting to know maybe them a little bit better, getting to understand what uh, having Brother Moon and, or, or the, the, the services here in the, our midst, uh, how it helped our church, how it met the need, how it influenced and impacted others. 
Lord, I'm sure that every person in the room could have given a testimony of what something that you used Brother Moon to say during the course of the messages that did impact our life or did, make an, did influence us in a positive way. Lord, I know that time wouldn't even permit it if we'd all spoke, but we thank you for those that were able to. And Lord, help us, Father, like Samuel, to come to you and very humbly come and say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. We don't just want to listen. We want to hear and apply your truth in that regard. So help us, Lord, to be very specific of how we're going to uh, follow through, what course of action we're going to take as we move forward and to keep those decisions clear in our mind, fresh in our hearts. I bless your people. Thank you for the souls saved again today. Thank you, Lord, just for your love and grace in our lives. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet, every head bowed, every eye closed. We give you just a moment to respond as the Lord would lead. You say, I remember, I remember God speaking to me about this and made it clear that maybe I need to be out knocking doors more. Maybe I need to be a better witness at work. Maybe I need to, to tell my friends about the Lord. Okay, how are you going to do that? What steps will you take? Will you pass out one track a day? Five tracks a week? Will you call one friend a month? What, what are you going to do? Will you invite a family member every other week to church? I don't know. I'm just saying, what concrete steps will you take to follow through on the decision that God gave you? He told me to, that I need to be more sensitive and more loving to my wife. What does that mean? Okay, okay, that may not have been specifically what Brother Moon said, but that's what the Lord talked to you about. It's what he spoke to you when you asked him to speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Now, what are you going to do about that? What steps will you take? What practical steps?